0: Goes up must come down. Welcome to the Brand Breakdown. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And this is where we're going to track the rise and fall of big brands from companies to celebs to pop culture phenoms and everything in between. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Brand Breakdown. I hope everybody's having a fun and happy new year. We are on to episode three of our series on Kate. Um, or Catherine, the princess of Wales, we have Mm -hmm. our, um, yes, we are. We have (laughs) our Royal aficionado Courtney with us today. And she's going to talk about, um, the proposal, the engagement and everything that kind of went with that for William and Kate. So Courtney, good. Uh, wait, is it morning, evening or afternoon? I'm not even really sure. How about hello late (laughs) afternoon. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Um, Uh, yeah, everything's a little bit backwards for me because, you know, my son has the flu. So I'm in survival mode.
1: Mm. So anyway. a buddy.
0: I know. it's The flu in um, where we are is just rampant. It's crazy amounts of flu. And I think COVID too, but flu is really the thing that I'm seeing everybody getting right now. Up um, here, it's COVID. Everyone's getting COVID. It's ridiculous. I oh, mean, I'm really? sure they're getting
1: other stuff too, but it's like... Covid's the big thing right now.
0: Yeah, I just think that you know, and then some people are getting like Covid and the flu and strep and RSV all at the same time. Oh, that's um, terrible. I I don't even know how you like make it through something like that. Like it's insane. But anyway, um, as usual, I'm doing my best to keep my distance. Um, yep. But just slide him some like food under the door, drop yeah, a tea next like, to him, and like- run away. <laughs> like prison in his room I'm like open the mail slot in the middle <laughs> slide your food in yeah it's no fun for him but anyway but you know what is fun the engagement of the Duchess of Cambridge why don't we talk that about is that is fun
1: mm-hmm. um sure so on November 16th 2010 the world became aware that Prince William and Kate Middleton had officially become engaged however their engagement actually took place a month earlier during a private holiday in Kenya. They had been dating for a few years at that point, and they went to Kenya, which is one of the places that Prince William loves most in the world. Um, and him and Catherine have been on vacation there a few times, and he proposed to her there. Um, and then they kept it a secret for a few weeks because I believe they they went to a couple of weddings while, like, a, like a few of their friends got married in that like few week span and they didn't want to take any attention away from their friends so they kept the engagement a secret until after they had attended their friend's weddings so there are actually photos of Kate she's at these weddings and she has no engagement ring on but as far as we have been told by the couple themselves they were already engaged at that point so I thought that was a pretty nice thing to do because obviously super
0: respectful
1: yeah, like they obviously knew that once they announced their engagement, it was just kind of going to blow up. Um and I also think it was probably nice for them to have a few weeks where you know, they had they had information that nobody else had. Like their private life was still private for just a little bit of time. Um and I imagine during that time that Kate's family knew um William's father and brother and grandmother knew Um, and in fact in order to become engaged William had to ask his grandmother for permission and he also reportedly had to ask Harry if he could have the engagement ring which we'll get into that in a bit because we all know that that engagement ring was Princess Diana's first so a few people obviously knew before it happened or knew that it was coming the press and the general public were obviously sitting around just anxiously awaiting the announcement because After their breakup a couple years earlier, that was like just a few month breakup, it had been said that, like, they got back together with the understanding of, like, okay, this is it. We are going to be together forever. It's just a matter of finalizing the details, essentially. So they announced on November 16th, 2010, via a statement by then Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales, now the King, through Clarence House that. The couple had been, they were engaged. And later that morning, they did an interview, an engagement interview where Kate was wearing a navy blue wrap dress by the brand Issa. And they did the, their first televised interview together. And to be honest, they don't do a lot of interviews. We see them at engagements. We see them giving speeches, but we don't really see a lot of interviews with them together or solo. And this was one of the first times that we saw Kate in particular in kind of a public role. Because up until this point, she was just the girlfriend. And yes, she was a tabloid figure because the paparazzi were following her and gossip websites were writing about her and people were interested in her life. But she was not a public figure in the sense of having any sort of role or responsibility or anything like that. And so her engagement interview was kind of... The first step
0: of public Kate. So that I only was fun. vaguely remember the engagement interview. Can you kind of refresh my memory on who gave it? Who were they talking to? Um, all that? Because I really don't remember the engagement interview. I remember Harry and Megan's engagement interview, which, P.S. I bet Harry now regrets giving that sapphire to William. Just P.S. <laughs> um but I don't remember Kate and William's engagement interview
1: well first I want to address I don't think Harry really had a choice there's a lot of speculation about Princess Diana's jewelry and the rumor that it was the ring was in Harry's possession and he had like William had to ask for it blah 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 um we can kind of get into that maybe we can do like a separate episode on Princess Diana's jewelry and what happened to it and how the royal jewelry works jewelry yeah works. that'd be fun. Um,
0: yeah, jewelry is a hard word to say, especially if you focus on it too much. Yeah, I
1: never realized that until just now.
0: <laughs> um, jewelry, jewelry. <laughs> um, it's kind yeah. of like um, n- like nuclear, um, nuclear. That one I yeah. can say nuclear,
1: but I I have a problem with rural and rural brewery. Brew- I have to like really concentrate to say brewery. Yeah, brewery, brewery, brewery. Oh, I can't do brewery. it. I can't do it fast. <laughs> I can't do it fast. Brewery. I just brewery. brewery, Yeah, but then I sound ridiculous.
0: <laughs> no, you don't. Know. Rural, it's like brewery, rural. What was the other brewery. one? I can't remember the other
1: one. Jewelry oh, is um, what we started with, and you said nuclear, but I can say that one. Okay.
0: Oh, um, yeah. Oh gosh, it was President Bush used to say nuclear. nuclear. You know. nuclear. Yeah, he, he said it in a funny. Oh, he said some, it wasn't nuclear. It was um, nuclear, some kind of. Some he said, it some kind of funny way. Oh, oh. man, now it's going to drive me crazy. Was it like an accent thing, or just like a, he didn't know how to? I no, mean, I'm he sure said it he, incorrectly. Just every time, just like yeah, every I can't time. Say and brewery. then it like then it became a, a thing. Uh, uh, nuclear. He said nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's common, but it's not the right way. It's um, right. It's the word is nuclear, and he said nuclear, and it drove me bananas. <laughs> but
1: but wait, nuclear, nuclear. No, all right. In my brain, I was like, yeah, but nuclear. It's like a nuclear family, but it's not. That's still nuclear. No, it's nuclear. Yep, that's weird. My brain made <laughs> yeah. them two separate words, just completely. Yep. All
0: right. Yep. Nope. <laughs> see, see, you and President Bush ah. cut from the same cloth. All right. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Uh, which we were cut from the same
1: bank account, but anyway. (laughs) Well, I
0: don't think you have any oil in your backyard,
1: right? No, no, we don't keep that up here in New England. We got rocks if anyone (laughs) would like some. That's about it. All right, so the engagement interview. Um, So the engagement interview aired on ITV the same day that they announced their engagement, and it took place, I believe, at St. James Palace. And so this is one of those like fun moments where we got – And they took, they did a, like a photo call as well. So like you get some inside shots of the palaces, which is really fun because we typically don't get to see them unless you're, I mean, you can go to London, you can go on a tour. But as far as, you know, the general public seeing private areas, we don't really get to see them. It was fun to see those images. It was fun to see their interview. It aired on ITV that day. And like I said, it was really interesting because it was the first time that we saw Kate Speaking in public, you know, we'd had some video clips of the paparazzi that had captured her walking or whatever, but we had never heard her sit down for an interview. And so it was cute to hear them talk about their relationship. When they asked her, you know, how did it happen? How were you feeling? Were you expecting it? She said that it was a total shock when it actually happened because even though they had kind of known you know, they had been together for so long. They had had the conversations about like, we are together and the plan is that we will be going, we will be getting married. She still had the surprise, although she says she was totally shocked. But I think at some point when you're dating somebody for that long, every vacation that you go on, every like fancy dinner that you go to, in the back of your mind, you're kind of like, is this it? Is today the day? Yeah. So she says she was totally shocked. And she said there's a true romantic in there when she was speaking about William. But I wonder, like, you know, was she really that shocked? And then for his part, William says he was really nervous. He had planned it all out. They were in Africa. He had been carrying around this literally priceless... Engagement ring for a couple days, just waiting for you know the moment to arrive because he was afraid to let it out of his sight. So he kept it with him at all times. And he says he was really nervous, which that I believe, because I think every guy, no matter how long they know they're gonna propose for and how long they've been planning it for, when the moment is about to happen, they're probably not nervous about like, will she say yes, will she say no? Because I think by that point you're probably aware, but it feels like it would be really nerve wracking. I've never asked anyone to marry me, obviously, but <laughs> I feel like that moment would be very, like, I don't know, just kind of take the take well, a lot it's of life
0: changing. It's life changing, yeah. like for yeah. everyone, regardless of whether or not your intended says yes or no. Whatever the outcome is, it you just changed your life. Yeah, because if they say no, then now you're single, your right? Yeah. Like. And you ask someone to marry them and they said no. So if you say no, then you've changed their life forever because they've been told no on their first marriage proposal right. and then they have to go be single. And if you say yes, you're telling that person, potentially, I'm going to spend the rest of your life, my life with you, unless you have a starter marriage like I did, in which case just a couple of years um, until you meet the love of your life. But, um, you know, it really changes things.
1: So then after they discussed, you know, who was nervous, who wasn't, and the answer was everybody was nervous and shocked, basically, they spoke about Kate being introduced to the royal family, which this was the first time we really had many details on this. We had had some tabloid reports of when it was thought to have happened, but Kate confirmed that the first time she met the queen was in 2008 at Peter Phillips's wedding to his now ex-wife, Autumn, and she actually had attended that wedding in William's place. William was not able to go. Peter is his cousin, Princess Anne's son, and William wasn't able to go. So Kate went without him because she was at that point friendly with most people in the royal family, but she had never met the queen. And so that is where she met the queen at a family wedding, which I think is very interesting because kind of alluding to a little bit of what Meghan has said in the sense that meeting the queen is not necessarily the same as meeting your boyfriend's grandmother, right? Like, this wasn't, you know, oh, come over for family dinner, meet the family. William waited a while before introducing his girlfriend to his grandmother, because this was not just his girlfriend to his grandmother. This was a potential future queen meeting the current queen. And so I think that's just like this weird dynamic that the royals have. And it seems that You know, Harry introduced Meghan to the Queen, obviously, in a much shorter time frame because William and Kate had started dating, like, when did they start dating? They started dating six years before the Queen actually met her. So that's like an interesting time frame. Like, oh, you can't meet my grandmother for like six years and I won't even be there (laughs) when you actually meet. But... It's something that Kate, I think, and this is part of why I think she's a good partner for William. I think it was something that where some women would have been like, excuse me, no, you're not going to like keep me like hidden away from your family. Not a secret, obviously. The whole world knew they were dating and the queen had been keeping tabs on Kate this whole time too. But, you know, I can see where some women might be like, hey, like introduce me to your family. Like, why am I not good enough to be introduced to your grandmother? What's the deal? And I think Kate was able to understand, like, this is more than just meeting somebody's family. This is like a bigger impact. But prior to that, way prior to that, William had met Kate's whole family. He has always been very close to the Middleton family. um, And he described them in the interview as having been... Really loving and caring and really fun. And then he said, they have always been really welcoming toward me. I've really felt like a part of the family. And I think that the Middleton's normalcy is a big part of his relationship with Catherine as well. Because when you date somebody and when you consider marrying someone, you're not just marrying them, you're marrying into their family. And so, from Kate's perspective, you know, she's marrying into the royal family. But from William's perspective, he was marrying a normal down-to-earth, middle-class family of like good, kind, hardworking people. And that's very different than the world he kind of grew up in. And, you know, he married into a family where he had there's two parents who are still together and seem to love each other very much. And he obviously came from a family where his parents were both divorced. Their divorce was played out very publicly. There was a lot of Back and forth that should have stayed private and played out in the press. There was a lot of things that he was exposed to as a young child that he shouldn't have necessarily been exposed to. And then, of course, his mother died when he was very young. So, William got to marry into the like, what could it have been? You know, he got to kind of see like, what's the other side? How does everybody else live? And I think he really appreciates the Middletons for their normalcy and how down to earth they are. And also how very, very private they are.
0: I mean, they seem like just the loveliest family. I mean, they really do seem very private and very kind and supportive and they love their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. They just seem like a fun family to hang out with. And, you know, they were successful, but they're not showy and I just think they seem like a great family. Yeah, they seem – it's interesting.
1: We've heard Kate – we don't generally hear Kate talk about her family or her family talk about her um, unless it is Uncle Gary who every once in a while they let him write an article for (laughs) like the Daily Mail or something. Um, And you always know that – I always assume – you don't know for sure, but I assume that if Uncle Gary has been allowed to speak and Uncle Gary is um, Carol's brother – If Uncle Gary is allowed to speak, it's because the Middletons are okay with it, William and Catherine are okay with it, and the palace is okay with it. It's like, I always think of it as like, it's their way of getting the side out while still being like far enough removed that they don't, nobody gets implicated in anything, but they're putting a name on it and a like kind of member of the family is coming out publicly and being like, hey, no, this is the situation. Um, So, with the exception of Uncle Gary, we don't typically hear. from the Middletons and Kate doesn't typically speak about her family, but when they have, it's always been about things that are really, like they just show how close they are. Kate's brother has talked about how he was diagnosed with depression a few years ago and he was having suicidal ideation. And he talks about how he, Both his sisters. And he only ever says both my sisters. He doesn't say like Kate and Pippa. He says, you know, both of my sisters came to therapy sessions with me. My parents came to therapy sessions with me. Um, And I think that, you know, seeing that the future queen would take time to go home to her brother and help her brothers through such a hard time and attend multiple family therapy sessions and all of that. Like, that's a really telling thing because she's got three young kids of her own. She's the future queen of the United Kingdom, but she's still able to say like, look, this is important and he needs me. And like, I'm going to be there. Um, And then when Kate talks about her family, she just always has – she's always talking about memories from when she was little and she would watch rugby with her dad and some of their, like, silly Christmas traditions that they have. And she always just paints this kind of idyllic but also very realistic portrait of her family where you never hear something that it's like, oh, well, that's so, you know, out of touch and, like, that's way too over the top. It always seems just like a, wow, that sounds really nice and, like, just – like you said, like, what a nice – Family to have grown up in. And yeah, I just kind of love the Middletons. And anytime I see someone talk bad about them, I get very upset because they just seem like good, normal people who have kept their heads down and their mouths shut. And they have taken a lot of heat over the years with the press making fun of them and digging into their lives and trying so hard to find dirt on them, which, you know, it's been 20 years in the public eye and nobody's really found any dirt on anybody, which I think is also very telling because that's a lot of digging for a long time to be able like for nobody to come up with a single bad thing to say about anyone in your whole family.
0: I would think that would be the worst part about being famous would be people always up in your business. I yeah. would think that would be really hard. Um, I don't know that most people could deal with it.
1: And I, I mean, I, we've seen that Harry and Megan can't handle it, right? Like they're just not willing to stand for it, which is understandable, not, being willing to stand for it, but it's part of their life and they can't seem to, like, reconcile, like, this is just something that comes with the territory. And I think for his part, like, William kind of always understood that and that's why he and Catherine have both said, and they said it in the interview, the engagement interview, like, part of the reason they dated for so long is because William wanted her to make sure that this was something she wanted because... He knew he knows what comes with the territory, and he just wanted to make sure that it was the best thing for everybody, not just you know him wanting to marry this person. Like he needed her to be fully bought in and understand the situation.
0: Yeah, well, and would also make the cautionary tale of Harry, and, Harry and Meghan so much more prominent when William said, "Hey, you know, I'm glad you're in love with this person, but you know, slow down." Because she doesn't know what she's getting into. <laughs>
1: hmm Yeah. And I think it was funny you said this person. I think the exact phrase that irritated Harry so much was that William said this girl, which I don't think is necessarily insulting. Like, you know, hey, like, I know you like this girl, but take it slow. Like, that's not an insulting statement. And, I mean, Harry's, like, full admission is that's basically exactly what was said. Like, hey, take it. Like, I know you like this girl, but go slow. And I feel like that's just not a that's just good advice.
0: That's not like it's not yeah. insulting or defamatory I mean, or anything. I mean, was he insulted because he called her a girl and not a woman? I think Did he that, didn't like that he called her this girl instead of using her name. Thinking about from William's perspective why he would have said in the first place, like, "Hey, make sure you take it slow because the responsibilities that come with being a working royal are unbelievably high." As well as the exposure, you know. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that William had good advice. Like, I I think, and I also think that's any that's advice that anybody would give to anyone who had been dating somebody for a handful of months and was now talking about forever with them. You know, like just a regular person. If you're if you meet someone and they're like, "Hey, it's been like five months and I want to marry this person," anybody would say like, "Ooh, well, you know, go slow." Be careful right. because what's the there was like this famous quote Mary or saying or whatever.
0: Marry in haste, repent at leisure.
1: Oh, that's not what I was gonna go for. But yes, there was oh. that one. But apparently when Prince Charles, now the king, was trying to find someone to marry, and again, he had like kind of an arranged marriage, Prince Philip had told him like, or maybe it was it might have been um it might have been Dickie. But someone said to him, like, you have to, like, you have to date them through all seasons. So basically, like, be with someone for a year. And they literally meant, like, seasons, like, seasons of life, an actual calendar of seasons, you know. See them through, like, the ups and downs and at different times before you make a commitment to somebody. And so I don't think it's unreasonable. Like, that feels like good advice, right? Like, date someone for a year. (laughs) See what you're getting into before you – Start talking about
0: marrying someone after a few months. I think go-, go slow is good advice. And I think sometimes people get engaged really quickly and they love each other forever. And sometimes people get engaged after 10 years and they want to kill each other after two. I mean, look at Brad and Angelina. They were <sighs> together for a really long time and then got married and got divorced 18 months later. Well,
1: whenever that happens, that feels like the marriage was trying to be a finger in the dam. You know, yeah. like they were putting a Band-Aid on something, and they were kind of being like, "All right, well, let's like get married and see if that fixes the problem." And it's like, "Oh, that'll marriage and babies don't fix problems; they make problems bigger."
0: Oh yeah, bigger. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I I know so many people who had that that extra child, and the child was fabulous, but the marriage went down the you know rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate I hate that I hate that so much because it is hard. You know, one child is challenging two children is more challenging three children is exponentially more challenging and then after that I think it's just all gravy I know that's what they say
1: like after three kids it's like who
0: cares it's just chaos all
1: the time so it doesn't even matter
0: (laughs) right your kids are raising themselves at that point so they where I don't even know where we were so the wedding date so William proposes and William proposes with
1: the ring not just an engagement ring not just like he went down to the crown jewelers and got a ring. He proposes with Princess Diana's iconic, priceless, huge sapphire engagement ring surrounded by diamonds on a gold, I believe, band. Um, And so when Catherine walks into the photo call before the interview and on her hand is that diamond, there's video of them walking into the photo call, and like the anytime, I mean anytime, there's like a big photo call, the camera flashes are ridiculous, but like you can like feel the excitement as people are like seeing the ring, being like, oh my goodness, like it's the ring we haven't seen it in decades, um, and this is Princess Diana's ring on the hand of a future Princess of Wales. So it was a pretty like intense moment, and I, William said in the engagement interview being able to propose to Catherine with that ring was a way of keeping his mother's memory kind of like with them throughout their marriage, essentially, and like have, he said specifically like having her be part of the fun. And it's fun because I think it's interesting that William always, when he talks about his mother, he like most of the time is talking about her being a fun person and her being mischievous. And he talks about her as she, as he thinks she would have been a grandmother and saying like, oh, she would have had like great fun with the kids. Like he's always talking about her being fun. Whereas I think, Harry doesn't talk about her being fun that much. He th- he talks about her being like a change maker and a humanitarian and like the work she would have done. And so I always think it's a very interesting perspective that the two of them have about their mother, Where maybe because William was older. So he was able to see a little bit of like a different side of her, maybe. I don't know. What are they, two years apart? Yeah, it's like two and a half years apart.
0: Um, I think she was a fun mom by all accounts. She loved being a mom she loved the kids she did lots of things with them so there's a huge difference between 13 and 16 yeah you know i i think william would have yeah i think william would have had the privilege of having seen her in a more adult way Mm -hmm. that where he could unpack the fun of what she was not in addition to all the humanitarian things that she did And perhaps they just had different relationships. You know, you have different relationships with your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, maybe she was trying to bring more fun to William because he was going to have such great responsibility later. You know, who knows um, why their perspectives are so different on how they see their mom. But yeah, um. I think William also, because he was older, there it's fairly commonly
1: known that and I I personally feel like this was like inappropriate, but like he was kind of Diana's confidant in some things, you know. And so like she treated him as more of an adult than she did with Harry. I think Harry was always her her baby, her little boy. And William was, you know, he was a teenager. She talked to him about his dad and their divorce and all of that stuff. And I think Harry was at such a young age and he like kind of put his mom up on a pedestal. And whereas William, I think, could see her as more of a person where he could Mm. see some of her flaws. He would see his parents fight. And I think Harry just had her up on this pedestal of like, he never saw any of her flaws. And he, I don't think that would diminish him seeing her as a fun person because she had fun with both of them. But I think in his mind, she is just this larger than life. I can't think of the words I'm trying to find. Just this larger than life specter over them whereas William's like no that was just my mom you know like she was a person that was my mom she was mischievous and fun loving and she did great work and like my mom was a great person whereas Harry is like in awe of her kind of
0: yeah that makes sense that makes sense you know I mean we don't know the truth of it but that does make sense yeah um anyway moving on
1: um so Catherine comes out, she is wearing this just priceless, iconic ring. Cameras are going wild, and we know that, you know, it's now they've been married for over a decade. She is still wearing that same ring. She now has it paired with her Welsh gold and uh, Welsh gold wedding band. And I think she sometimes wears another ring with it too that William got her after Prince George was born. Um and That ring was said after Princess Diana died that each of the kids, William and Harry, got to go through her things and take some things that they wanted. And William had taken a watch and Harry had taken the engagement ring. And so the rumor has it that when she died, William had to go to his brother and say, hey, like I'm going to propose to Kate. Can I have that ring? And... Harry said like, yes, of course. And the rumor has always been through all this time that like there was never any animosity about it. It was always just kind of a given that whoever got engaged first would use the ring. William got engaged first. And Harry has said in the past that he felt it was right that his mother's ring would be worn by a future princess of Wales and a future queen because Harry always felt that that was his mother's rightful position. And we, we saw in Spare how much he does not like his stepmother.
0: Oh, God. Well, she would have never gotten that ring.
1: No, 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 no. But he just he doesn't it seems that he's like, he does not agree with the idea that she's the queen. Um, oh, yeah. And he, in Harry's mind, the the future queen should have always been his mother, even though, like, his parents got divorced. <laughs> like, that's just not how it works. Um, and so he always thought that it was good that supposedly he had always thought it was good that the ring would end up being worn by a queen because that's who it should go to
0: um well i frankly agree with that i don't i think the eldest child should have had that ring to give to the future queen i don't even know why harry would have even ever had that ring um because i don't i don't think that anybody i don't know i th- i think they did the right thing
1: so i have a few thoughts on it my first is that I feel like that ring is bad juju because of how poorly <laughs> the relationship between Charles and Diana ended. And I don't think it should have been given to anybody. Um, and because it was such an iconic ring, so closely associated with Diana, I that makes me even more feel like it was almost like a lazy way out for William. I know it was like a very sentimental thing. But to me, it kind of feels like it's not Kate's ring. Like it's always Kate wearing Princess Diana's ring. You know, it's not Kate's engagement ring. Um, So that's how I've kind of always felt about that. William took a little bit of like a lazy way out. Um, But then the other thing is that I don't, there's always been some speculation about how true is it that William had to ask Harry for it. The way that Diana's jewelry was like divvied up is that a lot of it was just being held in trust for William and, harry there wasn't actually any like divvying up of stuff and that a lot of it was going to pass to william because he was the future king and the way that like death duties and stuff work um like a lot of stuff was given to her to the crown like it was like a whole complicated thing but basically so like there wasn't this huge inheritance tax to pay on all of this jewelry and my thought and i don't know if this is true maybe this has been debunked somewhere i don't know but my thought is that william did not say to harry like hey I know this is your ring. Can I give it to Kate? What he said is, hey, I want to propose to Kate. I would like to use mom's ring. Is that something you would be comfortable with? You know, like I think it was more of a that type of conversation, less about permission and more about like, are you comfortable with me giving this very precious item of our mother's to my future wife? Because if you're not as her other son, I won't do that, you know?
0: That I makes know. more that's sense just to me. Thought. No, I think that makes more sense to me than Harry having possession of the ring and William having to ask permission for it. Now, I'm gonna talk about your laziness there for a second, saying it's lazy using it. Now, I do understand the juju that's attached to the sentiment of wearing that ring, but mm-hmm. I don't think the ring itself has that juju. I I do, however, agree with you that people look at that ring and they see the princess of Wales wearing the princess of Wales ring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I do see that, but I do think it's Kate's ring. Like I don't look at it and think it's not her ring. I think of it as it's her ring that was given to her by the princess of Wales, essentially. Um, Even from the the grave or whatever. I don't really see any bad juju associated with it. And if there was at any point, it's certainly been um, unjuju at this point because, she seems like such a lovely person, and you know exactly the kind of queen that, that the monarchy would want. So, right, I, I think that I think that any juju it had attached to it is not juju anymore.
1: It's gone. I, I've always felt badly for Catherine and Megan, although I think Megan actually enjoys this. But like, I've always felt badly with how much they're compared to Diana. Like, you know, if Kate wears a dress that has polka dots on it. Nine pictures of Princess Diana wearing polka dots also are published being like, look, she's copying her mother-in-law. And the same thing has happened with Meghan as well. Like, they're always compared to her. And I feel like that's such a heavy thing to have to hold, being compared to one of, like, the most beloved public figures of all time. And I think, like, that's part of my feeling about the ring as well is that. It just adds to that comparison. And granted, like comparing a Princess of Wales to a Princess of Wales, like how are they doing the job? That makes sense. Like compare away, I guess. Comparing Kate Middleton to Diana Spencer just feels a little bit unfair. And I feel like the ring just invites those comparisons even more in a situation where I think that Kate more so. Megan. I think Kate has always tried to kind of carve her own path a little bit in a way that was very respectful and not calling on Diana's memory. Whereas I think Megan has tried to carve her own path while like constantly resurrecting Diana's memory. And I don't know. It just, I don't know.
0: (laughs) The ring just, I wish it was a different ring. (laughs) So here's what I'm going to say about that. So A, I think that Catherine over time has carved out her own identity, but it's very, 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 completely the antithesis of what Diana's legacy is and was. So I think she's got Catherine's got her own thing and she's doing a beautiful job at it. She's a perfect mother. She's seems to be a very supportive wife. Mm -hmm. I think that she has supports the monarchy. She works a lot. She is a well-rounded, well-turned out person who is doing great things. Mm -hmm. Diana, on the other hand, was a once in a millennia person. She was electric for whatever reason, whether it be what she was doing, what she was wearing, what she was saying, how she was acting, whatever it was, she was a catalyst for so many things. You know, she was um, lightning in a bottle, 100%. Yeah. and well, I think Catherine she knew isn't... how to work the
1: media. And she also was, it was like, that was like kind of the start of tabloid culture. So she was kind of like, she set the foundation for like being a tabloid star almost unintentionally, obviously.
0: Yeah. But you know, I don't think that, um, so I don't think that Catherine is lightning in a bottle the way that Diana was. I think she's a lovely person and really wonderful in so many ways, but she does, does not have the electricity that Diana had. She just doesn't. And that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's much better that she doesn't. She's raising three well-rounded, seemingly kind children, mm-hmm. and they seem very normal. So to for to secure the future of the monarchy, she is perfect in what she is doing. Diana yeah. was she was like, in my opinion, Diana was electric the way that Queen Elizabeth I was electric. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or, or um, obviously not with the same outcome, but you know, Josephine was electric, or Marie Antoinette was electric. Like people that you talk about that are, you know, although arguably Queen Elizabeth I did so much politically, and you know, far outstripped to those other queens in terms of her intellect and her ability. I can't believe to... you left out my favorite, Anne Boleyn. Oh, Anne Boleyn. So you no. Know,
1: no. no! Oh, and, please!
0: No! No! You shut no, you your cannot, lula. You cannot compare Elizabeth I to Anne Boleyn. I'm sorry, you cannot. Mother and daughter, of course you can. It's the perfect comparison. No! No! They're but they're but they but well, Elizabeth I far outstrips anything that Anne Boleyn. Church
1: did. of England only exists because of Anne Boleyn. <sighs> no. We'll, no. we'll do a whole, we'll do a whole yeah. brand yeah, breakdown of well, uh, <laughs> the Tudors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, del- I will be, that'll be a fun one. A six wives breakdown. And then also yes. we can do Elizabeth the first and Mary and we'll throw Edward in. Why not?
0: I will be delighted to um, go toe to toe with you pitting Elizabeth the first against Anne Boleyn any day. I can't me.
1: wait. Oh my God, I can't yeah. wait. I mean, okay, wait, yeah. I don't mean to ever discredit Elizabeth the first. Amazing. Like, just, as you said, like, changed the course of history in so many ways. But her mother did too. Like, I just can't. I'm not like, taking that away from her, <laughs> but not,
0: but not nearly to the extent that Elizabeth the did like, come on. Like even from a female perspective, Elizabeth the first dominate, like she is, she is the first feminist. Like she was an amazing person, queen. Whatever, for so many reasons. Circling back, I, I think that Kate is a fabulous person, and but I also think she doesn't carry the drama that, uh, that yeah. Diana did.
1: Yeah, um, I think that you said that Diana is like energetic. She had a spark, right? Like, William says she was like mischievous and fun. And I, Kate is very shy. Kate is reserved. Kate does not want the attention that Diana loved, you know? And so, like, Yeah, it's hard to even compare the two women in that regard because I think one of them was a very willing tabloid participant. We know she used the press. We know she loved the press. She would call the paparazzi on herself. And Kate, I think she's just very shy. Even to this day, she's now been a member of the royal family since her engagement interview was in 2010. Her wedding was in 2011. And to this day, she still seems very uncomfortable in front of a camera. When she has to give a speech, she's getting a lot better. When she's giving a speech, she seems very shy. There's some cute videos of any time she's given a speech and William's been there afterwards. Like she sits back down next to him or she walks over to him and he like puts his arm around her, like gives her some water. Like he knows it's a lot for her to do it. And she's getting a lot better, but she just doesn't love. She, I think Kate participates in the public spectacle of it all for William. You know what I mean? Like, in order to be with him she will deal with this part of it that she doesn't necessarily love because she knows that that's, that's part of the job. It goes with the job and everybody has parts of their job that aren't necessarily their favorite thing to do. And Kate doesn't love the forward facing up giving speeches aspect of it. She's great one-on-one. She's like the other thing that you always see William doing when they're out on a walkabout or an engagement. He's like, He's always kind of like dragging her along. He's like, let's go. We're going to be late. Let's go. Like you got to like wrap it up, wrap it up because she will talk to members of the public one-on-one for hours if you let her and they can't let her because they're on such a tight schedule all the time. Um, But you stick a microphone in front of her and she kind of like goes inside herself. Whereas with Diana, you know, you put a camera in front of her and a microphone in front of her and you just got magic because she that's where she thrived, you know.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, they're two completely different personalities, both wonderful in their own ways, but very, very, very different. I think William was very deliberate in his choice of Catherine for those reasons. He didn't want someone that was lightning in a bottle. He right. needed someone that could support him and have his children and do the things needed to um, further the, the monarchy.
1: Yeah. You know? And I think that William married Catherine as much for herself as for her family. He wanted normal. He did not want to be like, William has always, and it's interesting. I like, I hate to keep bringing up the Sussexes, but I'm gonna, um, for as much as Harry says, like, he doesn't like the press. He has this like horrible relationship with the press. He was the one who was always like going out, going to nightclubs, like going to Vegas, kind of like the party Prince persona that we talked about way back in episode one of the the Sussex series. William's always been more reserved, more of a behind the scenes guy, like a quiet night out with friends type of person or like let's order takeout and watch a movie. Um and so like yeah, I don't think I don't think William would have wanted somebody who was super public because like that's just not his persona, but then he also understood like the requirements of the job require somebody steady and calm and who can Not necessarily like shut up and put up, which I feel like I say a lot about the royal family, Um, (laughs) but somebody who would be able to like weather the storm. For example, you know, down the line, we'll talk about it, but there were the topless photos of Catherine that were taken. They were released while they were on tour, while William and Catherine were on tour. And the photos were released and then they had an engagement like an hour later or something like that, or like two hours later. And William's face was thunder. Like he looks like he's going to snap the neck of any person who dares speak to him. Kate, who is the one whose privacy has been so grossly invaded and published in a magazine, is smiling, shaking hands with people. You can tell she's trying to keep him calm. Like she keeps putting her hand on his arm. Like she's the one kind of like leading them through it because she is just this like – and. William has said it before. The press has said it. I think Harry has kind of alluded to it. Kate is a very calming force on William. William is very temperamental. He is prone to bursts of anger, which Harry wrote about in Spare. And people who don't follow the royal family were like, oh my gosh, William is terrible. And people who do follow the royal family were like, yeah, we've known that. Like he has a temper. And it's always talked about that. Kate is very calming on him. And they may have a fight. And he may like scream and yell and shout and she's just always calm and can bring him down to reality. Or when there's something crazy going on, like the paparazzi pictures of her being published or like Spare and the Netflix docuseries and all that, Kate is always the one who remains level-headed and is like, okay, let's just chill out for a second and like take a deep breath. Um, And so I think that, you know, a Diana personality wouldn't doesn't like diana was also very reactive you know she wasn't a sit down and let's be calm and talk about it she i think behaved in a similar way that harry does where he you know if there's a slight harry's like let's go burn it all down and i think diana was very much that way too in the way that she used the media against charles um and i do also want to just make one clarifying point when I was talking about Kate earlier saying she's like great one-on-one, she doesn't love a microphone, but Diana does love a microphone. Diana was also – like she wrote the book on being good one-on-one with people. Um, oh, yeah. So Diana just kind of had it all,
0: like you said, lightning she in did. a bottle. She was. I mean, she had some issues, but yeah, from a personality standpoint, she was lightning in a bottle. She was crazy. So I think this is a great place to kind of wrap it up for the engagement because we really want to take some time to break down the wedding and the dress and all the different things that came with that. And to Mm -hmm. kind of end it on a note talking about, you know, I love that we kind of talked about Diana's legacy and how Catherine is different because I love the contrast between the two women and how they were influential and continue to be influential in William's life. I love that as well. So, you know, we're just going to stop here for today. And we'll pick up um, next week on The Wedding of the Century because it truly, truly was. And I will tell you that my daughter and I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch it. She was 4 at the time. Hmm. And I had so cute. It was so cute. I got her out of her bed and put her in her princess dress and a tiara. And we sat and watched watched the wedding at 4 o'clock in the morning. It was so cute. So anyway, we will pick back up next week on that. Thanks for being with us today and hope you guys have a great rest of your week.